I was thinking she looked taller than what I really remember her to be. I thought, wow. I love those guys. Do you love those guys? Those guys are awesome. Pastor Sam, Pastor Rod, and Pastor Veronica. I love it. And may God bless Pastor Veronica as she works with those two dudes. Yeah. So listen, we're, we're going to be taking up a, a big offering on Christmas Eve, so I'm asking you to prayerfully and purposefully prepare for that. Um, God is doing a lot of great things in and through you, in and through we who are the bridge, and through the ministries that he's allowed us to formulate and share in this community. So be prepared, please, on Christmas Eve to give. We're taking up a special offering for On Mission. And so everything that's brought in on Christmas Eve, we want you to just designate that to On Mission and it's gonna fund and fuel everything that we're doing in mission throughout 2024. I even said to you, if we raise enough funds in mission and or for On Mission, maybe we, we move towards hiring staff in that area for On Mission. We've been dreaming about it, talking about it, planning towards it, and I'm believing that in 2024, it's going to be the year where we actually have a staff member that runs with the fifth G, which is go, and they just run with it, and they equip us, and they build bridges for us and with us in this community. So let's believe for that. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I believe that God is doing a great thing here at the bridge. So God bless you in your giving. We're also going to end the year well uh, in our overall giving. And uh, as you are thinking about even your own finances, uh, as you're closing out uh, 2023, please remember the bridge. Someone who uh, doesn't even attend here uh, came to me this week and, and said they're a business owner. They were very, very blessed this year. And they've heard of some of the things that we're doing on behalf of the community. Called me up and said, can I have a coffee with you? We had coffee and he handed me a very significant check for what it is that we're doing here. And I just feel that if someone from, you know, the outside looking in can be so moved by God, uh, as to what it is that we're able to do and accomplish. I'm prayerful that God is moving upon you and that you're getting a deep sense as to what it is that God would want to do in and through us here at the bridge and that you too would give generously. All right, I wanna pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would be with us as we, as we hear this message, as we experience it, and as we, as we even get to know Jesus just a little bit better just this week before Christmas, I pray, God, that you would bless each and every person who is here, minister into the depth of their personal experience, I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so what's so special about Christmas? What's the big deal? Today, we're gonna look at three things that speak to those two questions. I'm gonna talk to you about the relevance of Christmas, I'm gonna to talk to you about the reason for Christmas, and then I'm gonna to talk to you about the result, the desired or hopeful result of Christmas in yours and my life. So first, the relevance of Christmas. And I can sum up the relevance of Christmas in one phrase, God, just wanna stop there, God came to earth. God came to earth. I was reading a statistic this week, I actually happened upon it, that 60% of people who believe in Jesus have not conceptualized 
or have thought through the fact that Jesus pre-existed as God before he showed up in the manger. 60% of people who are followers of Jesus Christ are not fully understanding who he is, where he came from, and what he came to fulfill. J.I. Packer, one of my favorite theologians, he speaks to the importance of this truth related to the pre-existence of Jesus previous to the manger scene. He says this regarding the two mysteries that surround this beautiful picture called Christmas. He says, here are two mysteries for the price of one. The plurality of persons within the unity of God and the union of the Godhead and manhood in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, we can't miss either one of those truths. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the incarnation, writes contemporary theologian J.I. Packer. He says, what is the incarnation? It is simply this, the union of the Godhead and manhood in the person of Jesus Christ. So what happened on Christmas Day when Jesus came through Mother Mary and was born of a virgin into that manger scene that, where there was no room at the inn, basically a stable, what happened was God presented himself into the midst of our humanity as a person, as a little babe, a little human being. God became man, a profound truth. He says, I would venture to say the greatest and most stunning miracle that has ever been or ever will be is the truth of the coming of Jesus. He says, it's the answer to the most important and relevant question in the universe. Who is Jesus Christ? There isn't a more relevant question, he says, than this question of who is Jesus Christ? And the answer revealed by the truth of the incarnation is Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man in one person. In other words, he is God incarnate. In other words, that word carne means flesh. He is God taking on human flesh. The Apostle Paul said, for in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. In Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead, the same Godhead that created the heavens and the earth, existed in this person that was born, our Jesus Christ. He is the incarnate. Again, in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, Paul says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Specifically, what I want to say to you this morning is that Jesus is the Son of God. In order to have a more complete grasp of the Christ incarnation, it's necessary to have some sort of understanding of the Trinity. 
And the doctrine of the Trinity states that God is one being, yet this one God exists as three individual persons. This means, first of all, that we must distinguish each person in the Trinity from the other two. The Father is not the Son or the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Holy Spirit or the Father, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. They are each a distinct center of consciousness, if, if, it were, like, if I may say so, a distinct form of personal existence. Thus, the three persons are one being. The divine being or essence is not something that is divided between the persons. Each person receiving one third. That's not what the Trinity is. Rather, the divine being is fully and equally possessed by all three persons such that all three persons are fully God. God the Father is God, God the Son is God, and God the Spirit is God. They are all God, they are all one. The mystery of the Trinity, very important truth as we come into the Christmas season. We know that God the Son was sent of God the Father, conceptualized in Mary through the Holy Spirit, all three persons involved in this beautiful Christmas story, and of course, God the Son takes on human form. This babe that we celebrate, the babe named Jesus, is the Son of God possessing the full essence of the Godhead within him. So God's son, containing the full essence and the full measure of God, came to earth. He came to us through a human being, Mary. He was born into the world even as you and I were born into the world. And the one who created the womb and all the complexities related to reproduction. The one who participated in the design and the creation of humanity submitted himself to it. He became a human. In Philippians, Paul says that our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, Paul says, did not consider equality with God something to hold on to, something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. And he humbled himself and he became obedient and even unto death, the death of the cross. Notice what the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. In fact, Christ himself is the creator who made everything. If you read Colossians, it tells you that Jesus Christ 
was there when the universe was created. He was participating in the universe and its creation. He was participating in the stellar, uh, in this, the stars in the sky being created. He, he was participating when earth was formed. The Bible says in Genesis that Elohim or the Godhead were involved in the creation of the world. Jesus was there. He existed before creation. In fact, the Bible says he's the creator because he is God. He made you. Jesus Christ made you. And the Bible says he became like you and was born a human being. If I was God, I wouldn't have done it this way. It's not exactly the sort of like the North American way to present such a, a grand gesture as God becoming a human being. I would have come to earth in a much more spectacular fashion. I would have added a little more pizzazz and a little more flash. I would have planned my coming at halftime, maybe during the Super Bowl. When the whole world is watching, and, and at least America thinks the whole world is watching. And when the whole world is watching, lots of fireworks and thunder and lightning, cosmic sounds. And I would have, I would have worked on the wow factor. But God had another idea here. He would come into this world the same way that everybody in this world comes into this world. By being born into it. It shocked the angels that God who created the universe would so humble and limit himself and come down to earth in human form. And not only that, but be born of peasant parents in a stable, in a tiny little village, it's unthinkable. A martyred saint said this, he said, if he had been born to high rank and amidst luxury, unbelievers would have said the world had been transformed by his wealth. If he had chosen as his birthplace the great city of Rome, they would have thought the transformation had been brought about by civil power. Suppose he had been the son of an emperor, they would have said how useful it is to be powerful. Imagine him, the son from among the poor, of a very poor country and becoming poor himself. All of God's plan for the world was wrapped up in that fragile little infant. Why did he do it? Of all the ways that God could have come to earth, why did he come as a baby? I'll tell you why. Because he came to save us, not to scare us. Nobody's afraid of a baby. God could have come to earth in a lot of ways that would have freaked us out and scared us. And in accordance with his holiness, there's something there to fear. There is something about who God is that should evoke and or provoke a healthy fear in each and every human being as they consider their creator and their God and the one to whom they will give an account. There is something good about that. But Jesus did not choose to exploit fear. Instead, he came as a gift of love from God the Father, and he came as an infant. 
He came in a way that we could all relate to because we've all had that experience. We've been born. He came in a way that all of us could relate to him. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was in every sense a human being. When he came to earth, he limited himself so that he could become both God and man at the same time. He was born like us. He grew up like us. And I, want to, I don't want to blow your stereotype of Jesus, but he didn't walk around in a white flowing robe. He didn't have a halo that identified him as God. He didn't have a glow about him. He sweat. He got dirty. He had calloused hands as a carpenter working in, in Palestine. He was every bit a Palestinian Jew because that's who he was. He worked in that carpenter shop, so probably he had well-developed, he was probably ripped. The Bible says that while he was here on earth, he was tempted like we are. He had the same struggles that you and I have. The Bible says he suffered just like we do. There were times when Jesus was lonely and he was tempted and he was discouraged. There were moments of frustration. There were times, certainly, when he was afraid, or sorry, no, fatigued and very, very tired. So this is good news to you and I. What it means is he understands how we feel. God says, I've been there. I'm not some distant God who doesn't understand what you're going through. I've been there. I came to earth and I experienced what it means to be human. The truth is Christmas is not a happy time for some people. It's a very challenging time for some. Christmas stirs up all kinds of emotion, both positive and for some negative. Sometimes grief over loved ones who have been lost is something that you feel at Christmas. Sometimes depression over another year has passed and I'm no different. Life hasn't changed for me as I had hoped and another year has passed. If you feel that way this morning, I wanna to say to you that Jesus understands. Jesus understands. He knows exactly what you're feeling right now. He made you. And he became a human himself in order to meet you right where you are, right where you're living, amidst whatever it is that you're experiencing. So why is Christmas a big deal? Why is it relevant? God came to earth. He came to earth as a human being, and that's what split history between A.D. and B.C., the most significant event in our history, the history of humanity. But that's not yet the really good news. The good news is why he came. And that's the reason for Christmas. The reason for Christmas is this. He came for your benefit. He became, or he came because you needed him to come. You may not even realize it, but you needed him to come. 
Why did God come to earth at Christmas? Let me share four reasons from God's word as to why he came. First, Jesus came to earth to show us what God himself is like. There are a lot of crazy, crazy, bizarre ideas about God, what he's like. All you have to do is you know, go on the internet and you, you can find a lot of them. A lot of times people will say, well, I don't believe in that God. And I want to say to you, I don't either. I don't either. There are a lot of crazy ideas about God that just aren't true. But Jesus made this statement. He said, I am the truth. I came to show you what God is really like so you can know what I am like. J.I. Packer, again, that great theologian, makes a statement. He said, you cannot truly know yourself unless you know God. God is your creator. He is the one who created you. He gave you your life's breath. Every aspect of your being, he has been involved with. So in order to truly understand yourself, you must connect with your creator. And Jesus came to earth to show us and to present God to us so that we can see, so that we can experience, not some, some ethereal, nebulous idea, but rather something concrete that we could experience. Jesus is that person. He says, I am the truth. I came to show you what God is really like so that you can know what I'm like. When you go outside and you go into nature, there are some things that you can learn about God just by going into the mountains. For instance, by looking at nature, we can know that God is creative. By looking at nature, we can know that God is powerful. The waves, the wind, the rotation of the earth, the power of God that's seen in the universe. We know that God is organized because there is order in the universe. We know that God likes variety because there's lots of variety in the universe. We know that God likes beauty. We learn these things just by looking at nature. But some things, the most important things that you would never know about God except that Jesus came to present him to you. For instance, nature doesn't teach us that God is loving. We only know that because of Jesus Christ. Nature doesn't teach us that God is forgiving. We only know that because of Jesus Christ. Nature doesn't teach us that God has a plan for our life and that we're not an accident, and that he put you on earth for a purpose, for a reason. Only Jesus teaches us that. He is the one that lets us know what God is really like. St. Augustine says this. He says, God became a man for this purpose. Since you, a human being, could not reach God, but you can reach other human beings, you might now reach God through a man. And so the man... Christ Jesus became the mediator of God and of human beings. God became a man so that the following, in following a man, something you are able to do, you might actually reach God, which was formerly impossible for us to do. The second reason that God came to earth is to show us what life should really be like 
to show us how to really live. The truth is, most people aren't really living, they're just existing. They get up in the morning, they go to work, they go to school, they come home, they watch TV, they go to bed, they do it over and over and over and over and over again for 60, 70, 80 years, and then they die. They never really are fully alive. And Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't say, I've come to give you religion. I've come to make you religious. He said, I've come to make you fully alive, to teach you the kind of life that God put you on the earth to live. And until you get connected with your creator, you're not going to live that life. You're just going to exist. The third reason he came to earth to show us that, it was to show us that we could trust God. You don't trust someone you don't know. You gotta get to know him or her before you can trust them. That's called intimacy. And the reason why you don't trust God more is because you don't know him. You don't know him very well. Jesus came in order to reveal God so that we could experience him in the flesh so that we could befriend God and that we could actually come to God and know God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have to get to know him first in order to trust him. And the fourth reason that God came to earth in the form of Jesus is to forgive everything you've ever done wrong so that you can enjoy him now and forevermore. That's a great deal. That's the gift that keeps on giving. The Bible says he became a man so that he could take away our sins. And though he was God, he laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. And he humbled himself even further, going so far as to actually die a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus came to fulfill a purpose, and you are his purpose. The cost, the cost was mammoth. God sacrificed a lot for you and for me in order to become a human being. He put up with all the aches, the pains, the suffering that you and I put up with. He was God. He gave up his life so that he too could experience what we experience so that we could identify with him. He loves you. He loves you. Love was the motive. Love was the motive. The Bible says, for God so loved you, he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would no longer be in a state of perishing, but have an eternal quality of life. Heaven comes to earth in the form and in the person of Jesus. It invades our earthly existence. And it comes to us as an act of love through none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says God showed how much he loves us by sending his only son into the world. That's how much he loves us. So the reason for Christmas is for your benefit. I know you've probably seen the bumper stickers or lapel pins at Christmas 
that say Jesus is the reason for the season, and that's true. Jesus is the reason for the season. Christmas is not about Santa. It's about a savior. It's not about jingle bells. It's about Jesus. That's why we celebrate this. But let me teach you a deeper truth than that. Yes, Christmas is about Jesus. He is the reason for the season. But let me tell you something even deeper. You are the reason for this season. If God hadn't known that you needed him to come to earth and die for you, he wouldn't have done it. If you didn't need what Jesus had to offer, he wouldn't have wasted the mammoth, Herculean, universal effort. You are the reason for this season. You are the reason we celebrate Christmas. It's God's Christmas gift to you. It's the greatest gift ever given. The relevance of Christmas is this. God came to earth as a human being. The reason for Christmas is this. He came for your benefit. And finally, I want to talk to you about what could be the result of Christmas in yours and my life. You can know God personally because of Christmas. You can have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. God knows everything about you. He wants you to know about him. He wants you to be his friend. He wants to be your friend. In fact, that's the reason that you were created. The reason you were put on the earth is to have a personal relationship with God. That's why he made you. And if you, if you miss this, you've blown your whole life. You've just missed the whole reason for your own creation if you miss this. To get to know God is why you exist. That is the gift of Christmas. He says, I want to know you, and I want you to know me. You ever been given a gift, and you shelved it and or forgot about it, only to find it again and realize that you could have used that gift? In my, in my organized life, however organized it is, I keep two wallets. I have two wallets. One is my daily wallet. It's the one that goes with me wherever I go. But I have another wallet that contains a bunch of like membership cards or credit cards. Now, there's some of you who are sitting here and going, man, you're so old school. Everything I have related to that is on my iPhone. Thank you very much. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But I still have two wallets. Recently, I went into that other wallet. And I found a gift certificate that I had forgotten that I had. Do you know how many times that I have been in that particular store and could have redeemed that gift certificate in the last year. I totally forgot that I had that gift certificate. You see, a gift of that nature is worthless while it sits in the folds of my wallet. So too is the gift of Christ's love if it simply sits within the folds of God's book, the Bible. It remains just a story for you. 
A gift certificate is just a promise of a gifted possession or a gifted experience. God's word, this sermon, is a gift certificate to you that promises you a life of abundance and fullness. It promises a forever in perfect union with God and with others who redeem the same certificate. The Bible says we are restored into friendship with God by the death of his son and we were still his enemies and we will be delivered from eternal punishment by his life and his life alone. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Now, we're only a week out from Christmas Eve and just eight days from Christmas itself. You're going to be getting some pretty special gifts. Some of those gifts are going to be impersonal. Some of them are going to be impractical. You really can't use them, some of them. Some of them are going to be temporary. They're going to wear out or break before the day is even over. Some of them you might even consider cheap. None of those adjectives can apply to the gift that God is giving you. In the first place, God's gift is intensely personal. Intensely. It's custom made for you. Unto you, a savior is born. It's also practical. This is the most practical gift you'll ever get. It's a gift that will benefit you at every level and in every place. It brings practical functionality into every arena of your life. It renews your relationship. It energizes you towards your work. It causes you to be alive to all that's going on in the universe. It's intensely practical. It's priceless. Jesus Christ paid for this gift with his very life. He did not see heaven as something to be grasped or hung on to. He literally left his place and became a man, a person. And he walked amongst us for 33 years and he submitted to the process of growth He was so human. And the Bible says in every way he experienced what we as humans experience. It's a priceless gift. And then finally, it's permanent. It lasts forever throughout eternity. Where are you going to get a gift like that? Nowhere except from God himself. And if I told you that I have a gift for you and that gift will solve all your biggest problems, heal your deepest hurts, forgive every mistake that you've ever made, help you understand the purpose that you were put on earth for, will make you a better person, will fill your life with confidence and joy and peace, and you'll be eternally secure in your future in heaven, would you be interested in that gift?
So the challenge goes out from me to you this Christmas that this would be the year that you unwrap the gift. I've shared a lot of truth with you today. I was nervous, to be honest with you. I said to one brother on my way up here, pray for me, I'm talking about the Trinity today. It's a complex truth, but it's utterly important when it comes to our understanding of what Christmas is. Jesus, God's son, God himself, left heaven, came to earth, through the human reproductive system, became a human being, grew up, lived amongst us, spent only three years teaching 12 men the truth about who and what he is. Over 120 faithful disciples gathered around him, both men and women, They witnessed his crucifixion. They witnessed his sacrifice for you and for me. They went out from Jerusalem and they told the whole world, now there are billions and billions of people who understand the truth. They understand Jesus and their lives are being transformed because of it. If God loves us this much, we gotta get to know this God. If God has a plan and a purpose for your life, you and I got to figure that out. And the beauty is, is that Jesus takes us and walks with us on that path. Psalm 74 or 70 verse 4 says, let those who love your salvation exclaim what a wonderful God he is. Can you say that? What a wonderful God he is. Say it with me. What a wonderful God he is. Father, in Jesus' name, may the person of Jesus break through. They remind all the trappings. May the person of Jesus break through this Christmas. And no matter what our situation is, no matter what our situation is, God, you left heaven. You came to earth. You presented yourself into the midst of our broken humanity. And you had a message and you said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Come follow me. The greatest gift we have ever received. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.